Hello, my name is Brandon, and welcome to The Bridge, a music podcast where Zach and myself discuss new music in hopes to bridge fans to bands. Now, I have my latte with me again today. Uh, Zach, do you have your tea? Uh, finished my tea before the podcast, and now I'm sipping on a cold beer from the Czech Republic. Kotzel. I was wondering this a little bit last uh, last week, and I'm wondering this week. What, what, do you, what kind of tea do you drink? What is your, what's your go-to tea? I've been drinking a lot of green tea recently, actually. I'm more of a coffee guy. Mm-hmm. And so then in the evenings, I shift to tea, but I don't want the caffeine mm-hmm. so I can sleep. Uh, so, yeah, I've been drinking a lot of green tea, trying to keep it healthy. So this week, we have an album called Welfare Jazz by Viagra Boys. And this is quite a different album from last week. Uh, last week, a rap album, very deep this week, it's a Swedish post-punk new wave band. Thick, thick in satire and sense of humor. Uh, dark tones. Uh, don't take themselves very serious. It's not a deep lyrically. Uh, in fact, I follow uh, these guys on Facebook and Twitter. And on one of the two, they posted the... Uh, this post made me laugh. I don't know if you fo- uh, see this on uh, YouTube, but Genius has this little... Uh, video series or whatever where they get people on to do deep dives into the lyrics and okay. uh, they uh, <laughs> they posted the they can't wait for genius to call to explain how deep they are after, <laughs> uh, so as we get into this album i think uh why that's so funny will become uh, a little bit more uh, obvious to, to comment on that i think maybe there's a bit of a conceit in what they're saying because while yeah, okay, the lyrics may seem a little bit superficial on, on, on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think actually musically, like the idea mm-hmm. is deeper than what it initially seems to be. And it right. only reveals yourself once you really dig into the album, give it a couple listens, and yeah, see, see what the band uh, are doing musically. I think they're uh, they're playing the fool, but they're uh, they're more than uh, they're more than that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They're signed to Year One. Uh, it's kind of spelt like Year Zero 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 One, so I'm not sure how they want that pronounced. But we're gonna call them Year One. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a label employs Young Lean, which uh, pretty popular kind of mumble rap emo rapper uh, from the area. Some people might be familiar with him. So that's the same uh, same label. I found that interesting. Um, so what did you expect going into this album? Or, or what had you heard about Viagra Boys before we uh, sat down with this album? Well, this is their sophomore release, yeah? So mm-hmm. their debut release came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's called Street Worms. And that album is completely out to lunch, incredibly zany, has a very... is in the same spirit as... You know, like uh, the Stooges mixed with Ween and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the Dead Kennedys. Yep. And yep. that album was an incredible debut release. And so, in a way, Welfare Jazz is it, it. It has the it has the task of trying to emerge out of the shadow of the success of their debut album. Yeah, and that was a thought I had going into this as well. Not a lot of bands will succeed in in following up a great album debut. 
Uh, we've seen it countless times. You know, the first album is always the uh, it was, was always the best. And some I don't know some bands take like two or three albums before they hit their stride. Uh, but these gate guys come at punching. So for their sophomore release, it's kind of like, can they keep it up? Can they yeah. keep the pace going? Uh, you know, what is it? What how, are they going to change the sound at all? Like, where do you go with your second release after such a, a strong first release? Uh, Welfare Jazz. It's definitely a Viagra Boys record, mm-hmm. but but with a slight change. Yeah, focus, I, I, it's, yeah, it's more focused. It took me about halfway through this album, and I start thinking to myself, I was like, wait a second, there's something, there's something a little different going on here, and uh-huh. and, and so a few things start coming to uh, to my attention that kind of that humored me a bit. But I think I will get to that as we, as we go through the tracks. So yeah, there was an aspect of this album that definitely surprised me as I went through. Um, but I, I was generally uh, positive on this album, actually. Uh, I'm, I also finally concluded that, yes, I, I like this album. I like it a lot, actually. But the first time I listened to it, uh, I was very lukewarm about it and went back and listened to Street Worms and uh-huh. then became very nostalgic about Street Worms and then... It was only when I returned to Welfare Jazz and gave it a couple more spins that it really started to grow on me, and I appreciated it for what it was—the same, the same Viagra Boys, but with just a different, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we're we're we beating a bear in the bush a smidge. Uh, I think uh-huh. um, we should just say this is a this is a synth pop album. This is like this. I came in expecting post punk. Mostly, and this was more new wave uh, synth pop at, at times. Yeah, the that's what threw me off when I listened to it the first time. It has this mm. oscillating vibe between yeah synth pop, progressive rock, sometimes sort of kraut rockish, and then mm-hmm. yeah post punk. Right, and there are specific tracks that combine all these elements together. Mm-hmm. And that's for me sort of the crowning achievement of this record. I had a different experience with my first listen than you did. I mm-hmm. uh, I had a very positive first experience, which is okay. usually a, a alarm bell sign for me because I always <laughs> always take two or three listens to to like something. I I quite frequently loathe things on my first listen. Uh, <laughs> But I listened to this, and I got up, and I was putting my laundry away, and that first infectious bass that just mm-hmm. like, rumbles in on "Ain't Nice," and I was mm-hmm. I was bopping around my room, putting clothes away, drinking my latte. I was having a blast. I got halfway through the song, got all my laundry done, uh, not song album, had all my laundry put away, and I was ecstatic. I was like, "This, <laughs> yeah. this is perfect. I this was great. It's so infectious." so catchy so gummy yeah. there's so so many tracks that you can walk away with singing for the rest of the day uh, 100% yeah especially especially the more post punk orientated tracks they mm-hmm. have such a catchy baseline man yeah i think every every one of these songs has something that's got an energy to it that really uh-huh. just like pushes the song forward and it they're not all these super complicated baselines or anything like that. They're not slapping bass. They're not doing all these technical stuff. It's just one gummy, super infectious bass line on the bottom that just goes through the whole song. And then there's a bunch of stuff on top of it. 
they're bass lines that you can just bop to, you know? Like, you'd want to get into Mosh Pit and just bounce off other human bodies. They're just bopping bass lines. Absolutely. This, this, this album is super catchy. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be an easy listen for a lot of people, especially if it's your first. If you, don't, if you had, didn't come from Streetworms and have, like, a preconceived notion, it's going to be easy jump in, I think. Just one more comment about the band before we get into specific analysis about the tracks. Absolutely. I want to mention, you said, yeah, they're from Sweden. They hail from Stockholm. And in mm-hmm. fact, uh, some of the members, uh, mm-hmm. maybe all of them, but I know for sure some of them are actually, uh, they actually went to music school. They're, they're tr- classically trained jazz musicians. So they have, oh. a, very, they have a very strong mm, yeah, technical background. That's and, really interesting. And so uh, this uh, idea of welfare jazz, yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of bridging this high and low culture. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes through in the music between the, between the content of the lyrics and then the sophistication of the music. That, uh, that both really surprises me and doesn't surprise me at all. Um, uh-huh. From the context of the music that you find on, on this album and how it was composed, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, when you look at the lead singer and see that he's got something tattooed in the middle of his forehead, it kind of surprises me. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, if you see, look at this guy, he he looks uh, uh, like three sheets to the wind, and he's got this weird stick and poke tattoo in the middle of his forehead, and he kind of looks like a goof. So, but he exudes the personality of this record. Yeah, definitely. We should mention that prior to the podcast, we'd never speak about any th- our thoughts about the about the record or our experience with the record. Everything, yeah, occurs on the podcast. Absolutely. the The first time I hear anything of your thoughts at all is when we sit down to talk about this album. So, uh, honestly, until I hear what you say, I have no idea if you like this album. Yeah, uh, I think that you'll hear a lot of genuine reactions from that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to comment on before we hit to hit to the track reviews? No, no. I just thought it was important to mention that yeah, these guys are—they've uh, got some real, uh, yeah, music chops. They do, they do, and and it, not knowing that, it's they they prove it. I think uh, "Ain't Nice" is the first track. That infectious basic caught me right away. Uh, there's a no wave style saxophone that just kind of like lingers at parts of the song that mm-hmm. are super good. There's a lot of unconventional sounds that I thought when I was listening to this in my initial listen, and I'm expecting post-punk, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of that kind of soundscape. So there was a point I'm like, is there laser beams going off in this track? (laughs) (laughs) Like it it doesn't, it like, it doesn't come off weird per se, but like when I was listening to it, it was like, this just seems like this complete chaos of like laser beams noises are going off at one point. Yeah, in this infectious track, and like, what what's going on? I like, I was a little confused, but like, I was super into it. Like the 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 personality of the track oozes through. It's like your uncle that just got out of prison. You came by and bought a bunch of weed for your party with you, all you and your <laughs> friends. This, that's this album's personality. Yeah, just, you're, like, <laughs> you're a little bit estranged by it, but at the same time, uh, it's incredibly entertaining, and you just uh, you can't you, you you can't deny it. Yeah, there's a sense of wholesomeness to it. Like, there's goodwill there, but, like, completely degenerate at the same time. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, very depraved. Uh, oh, how what did you think of the the ain't nice? Ain't nice. So, like you said, laser beams in the background, and then also sort of yeah, definitely more these punkish type vocals. The gain mm-hmm. seems like it's turned up on the on the on the on the vocals on the mic. Mm-hmm. Sort of gives it this distorted effect, mm-hmm. and yeah, it has the sort of yeah this catchy bass, and then that no wave sort of yeah discordant sax. And it's one of those tracks on this album that bridges both the styles together, the mm-hmm. yeah, sort of new wave electronic sound this, with the synths and everything. And yeah, the sort of post-punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the aesthetic is it, post-punk, absolutely. Yeah, and it was uh, it sort of threw me off a little bit going into it ha- mm-hmm. with the expectations from the previous record. On my right. first listen, right? The first record I remember being more straightforward post-punk. Yeah, right? yeah. There are there mm-hmm. are tracks on this album that don't have guitars on them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just got your bass and you got your 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 drum. Sometimes sounds like a drum machine, but I don't think so. I think it's just the yeah. The, do you, do you know Suicide? Uh, vaguely. Okay. Yeah. Well. Anyways, those guys just pretty well laid down crazy crazy vocals and lyrics and used and had a drum machine. Right, and right. sometimes this record sometimes sound, uh, is, is in that vein. Right, of, right. Of course, more textured, but so yeah, like, and and I think another part to this about there being classic trained. This is one of those uh, songs, like you said, where they bring those elements together so well, and I just think this this track is composed so well. Like the the layers that are put down, uh, when uh, the song changes and when it introduces new ideas. It's paced super well. There's like a, a, a high in- intellect behind the way that this song is composed. Even though on like the surface, it is very simple. It's very straightforward. It's gummy. It's It just catches you. You don't have to super pay attention to any of these tracks. Uh, mm-hmm. these, these are easy emotion tracks, you know, give you a, get you in a, a vibe and a bot, you know, easy driving tracks, you know? Yeah. Tell it next track. I'm, I'm taking these in order a little bit, and I know we didn't do that last time. I'm taking this in order a little bit because there's a little bit of a narrative uh, for me with my listening that came up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Otoh comes next, which is the first time where they kind of like take a rock and roll song. Like the lyrics are talking about like hound dog hooting and hollering, and you know it's got that kind of like <laughs> like Elvis kind of tinge to it. It's complete. The warping of that. It's like El- an Elvis song looking through a funhouse mirror. You, uh, you want to know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the doors at the at their best. Like just you said it earlier, killer driving music. Mm-hmm. Um, I read uh, I read the the biography of the Doors written mm-hmm. by um, the drummer who I okay. forget now. Uh, anyways, he was talking about when they just st- first became famous and break on through was uh, coming on the radio and he was driving down uh, Sunset Boulevard or somewhere in L.A. And he said, like, he started speeding like crazy and not sort of realizing it was his own song. And he was like, man, we created driving music. And uh, yeah. Toad is definitely uh, yeah, a song I would not want to play while I was driving on the highway because I would probably <laughs> uh, yeah, get a ticket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not like they're like metal songs, you know, not like in, in like that aggressive driving. It's like, 
fun, I guess. Like everything on here is fun, you know. Yeah, this is the first track that for me. Of course, it's only the second track really on the album. It's listed mm -hmm. as number three, but uh, the interlude aside, uh, it has that uh, it has that catchy catchy bass that you just want to bop to, mm -hmm. and just it's simple, but so catchy. Mm -hmm. This is a. Uh, I was looking through the lyrics as I was going through this, and um, this 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 is the track that made because I had seen their their tweet about uh, genius before I listened to it. Uh -huh. This is this is the, this is the track that I was looking at the lyrics and I had to laugh to myself um, about uh, how straightforward everything is um, mm -hmm. and like there's no there's not a lot of deep uh, meaning and a lot of lyricism here. Like the first song ain't nice. That's that's basically the entire idea behind behind the track. He's not a nice guy. You mm -hmm. go to Toad. This is the one where his woman wants to him to settle down. And he's like, nah, not happening. I ain't, uh, I ain't going up into the country. And so, like, there's like character portrait of a person being painted throughout these tracks a bit, and it's about uh, around creatures, maybe, or I feel alive. I realized that this is a concept record. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a concept record and it's coming out of the singer songwriter tradition which becomes incredibly obvious on the final track right 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 i have a funny story about that track actually uh, let, let's let's jump to to a little bit the uh, the narrative through the uh, we'll go back and look at some of these other tracks i think uh secret canine agent uh, deserves a little bit of attention but um let's get a, a little bit of a whole scope here like so so kind of the concept of this album is this character you know, we've kind of described it like kind of this like degenerate individual, you know, doesn't want to settle down, does his own thing. It is the uh, personality of what the lead singer looks like. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, and so, like, you, you get to that this song Toad, and he's that's kind of him proclaiming, you know, his individuality and like not wanting to move to the country and stuff like that. The mantra on that song, the lyric that he repeats the most. And that uh, is perhaps representative of uh, toxic masculinity, and that uh, I must admit, and uh, I'm sure many other guys would admit too, they have probably said the following phrase that functions as a type of mantra mm -hmm. for this song: "I don't need no woman to tell me what to do." Yeah, you know, a, a girl and if you ain't my mama, please don't try to be. You know. I've yeah. I've said that uh, you're not my mom line in, <laughs> in an argument before. I've thrown that out. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm guilty. And I think you know the album when you listen to the lyrics. Okay, these lyrics, uh, it just sort of seems superficial. But really, um, is 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 it a critique of this type of behavior? And I think as the album progresses, perhaps, yeah. In fact, it it is. Yeah, there's like. A, there's simplicity here uh, in the middle of complexity. And I think mm -hmm. uh, there's a little bit of a scope involved here. So you, you get Toad, and uh, by you get around to I Feel Alive, where he talks about getting sober, and, you know, I Feel Alive, pretty self-explanatory kind of track. But again, super infectious, super gummy, super catchy. And it goes into... Uh, to, to the country where he changes his mind. He wants to go to the country with her. It's, like, it's the antithesis of Toad. 
It's, it's the counterpoint. Right. And then uh, we get to this very interesting track at the end here, in spite of ourselves, which is a John Prine cover. Yeah. Which uh, I didn't know the first time I listened to this. Okay. So my first listen, I had a very different take than when I ended up coming away with it. I listened to this and I thought I took it as a parody. Like I hadn't clued into the concept of the album quite. I was still listening to a lot of the instrumentation and, and digesting all that, that when I came to this, uh, this like country song, I was a little like, I, I took it as part of the, part of the personality of them. I know in the last album, they made fun of um, made fun of people as well. I'm trying to remember what track that was. It was a super parody song. There's like slow learner down the basement. Sports was one I'm thinking of. Sports oh, makes yeah, fun sports. Of, <laughs> <laughs> makes fun of uh, you know those beefy people. You know, super into sports and stuff. You know, not that uh, <laughs> yeah. around sports, but it was kind of like the personality of it. So I kind of took that as this this album sports, right? Uh, the lyrics are okay, yeah. super, super goofy, you know, panty sniffing. Um, he ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. Like these lines, like they fit so well into this album, into this uh-huh. album's personality that I thought it was an original song. Uh-huh, and they yeah, were just yeah. kind of making fun of that country, that country kind of Dolly Parton uh, duet uh, is what I had written until yeah. I realized this was a cover. Uh-huh. And it's a John Prine cover, and this these are the exact lyrics that he wrote. And then suddenly, uh, in, in the concept of the album and the story, I flipped my opinion on this completely. This is a yeah. tribute, like this is a tribute song. This is like an earnest, well-meant uh tribute song. This isn't making fun of anybody. This is like, if anything, a wholesome uh love letter to John Prine. In the introduction, we were talking mm-hmm. about how, yeah, the album is more focused than Street Worms, how it's a slight shift in perspective, though uh, it, the band retained their personality, their eclectic sound. And this, if, if it didn't dawn on you prior to the cover mm-hmm. of In Spite of Ourselves, the, the cover anchors the album in the singer-songwriter tradition that I think it's honoring, mm-hmm. but at the same time is also parody, uh, also parodies. Yeah, it takes the piss out of them a bit, but like it takes it takes the piss out of them a bit. But I think it, the 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 lyrics make it obvious that of this is a this is a, it's written almost like a folk album. It's basically <laughs> an, a narrative that develops from beginning to end. Yeah, like I it, there's a there's a sense of satire amongst it all, but there's also a sense of respect and admiration amongst mm-hmm. them. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's this mixture of like mocking something lovingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that not reflected in the title? Welfare jazz, you know, absolutely. This between high and low culture and uh, yeah. Parody and honoring. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot to pull from some of their choices here because like they get pretty weird at, at times. Like there's this, there's this dog theme that they go through through this uh-huh. album that uh, I was aloof about. Like it was just, I enjoyed it. Like it was, it was goofy. Like it starts with this old dog, and it gives you that like, uh, do you know? Uh, is it intercessions uh, of the tool song? It's like eleven minutes, and it's just like some guy 
uh, talking about farm animals and the carrots and stuff like that. Uh, uh-huh. I can't quite remember the name of the song. I don't think it's inter- uh, intermission, but something like that. In, in gustipation or something. Uh, oh, disgustipated. Yeah, and disgustipated. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so that's what this reminded me of, like this like preaching absurdity craziness where he's talking about the dog uh, uh, singing along with people, but like he his 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 voice is dissonant uh, to, to everything else, and he yeah. doesn't care because you know he's his own man. He stands out and like. I was like, "What? What is this?" And it's like, I I was enjoying it because it was like so off off the wall. But like, there's like, there's a there's a mantra in here. There's a theme in here, in in what's being said. And then the story continues. You get uh, best in show, which is in the interlude later, and we're saying kind of idea, just like putting it, kind of putting this like magnifying glass on such trivial things and trying to make them bigger than they are but they kind of got this like foggy scuzzy a gleam upon them mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. just straight up starting a song called secret canine agent about all the uh, dogs that are secret agents that are talking to him and uh i i in assumed i assume some sort of drug binge because this comes right before i feel alive probably the uh uh, the the moment of change in this person. Uh, if mm-hmm. you look at the narrative of the, uh, the story, where he's like so stoned, he's like dogs lifting their paws or sending him messages. You know, it's just like super goofy, super weird song, and and not once does it stop being catchy. Yeah, it's also the shortest track. It's only a minute and forty five seconds, mm-hmm. and I guess you could almost say it's like the most hardcore song on the album. So yeah, maybe you're right saying that. The, yeah, it's a metaphor for like this huge bender that he goes on that then shows him the error of his ways when he, yeah, gets gets through it. it, it it's kind of relevant, uh, like to these thoughts you might have watching TV uh, in your underwear and drinking a beer and it's deep deep into whatever you're doing, uh, whatever <laughs> drug of your choice, and just like just seeing things. In, in like a dog show you're watching on TV. Yeah. Like the, the, the stories that like come to his head and the, the narrative is like, it just felt like this uh, rock bottom kind of scenario. Yeah, the rock, uh, rock bottom scenario that is the pinnacle of depravity. Right. Uh, it's it's such, a, such an interesting album the more I listen to this. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's also paced great, no? Because, uh, like you said, you have Secret Canine Agent, and then it shifts into I Feel Alive, and it's sort of like, okay, he's entered into rehab, and he's uh, off, he's, you know, uh, he's back on the wagon again, I guess you would say. Uh, yeah. So, last week, uh, I, I asked what you thought would be the best uh, toe-in song. Um, I'm going to answer first this time. Because I think every single one of the singles are perfect uh, toe-in songs. Uh, mm-hmm. If they want to just kind of... I think Ain't Nice is probably the song to go to. So Ain't Nice, probably my least favorite track on the album, honestly. Oh, really? That's interesting. What would you... I just find it... Uh... It is deceptively complex once you listen to it, but lyrically, it's just... Uh... 
lyrically it's a little bit short on ideas it's like a prologue to the album it really it's it is like a prologue uh-huh but i think that's super good a bit i think that's what i liked about it it's like uh-huh. it really sets the tone for what this album is musically you get the energy you get the personality of the character in question uh-huh. super super easily it's like pretty shallow lyrically but like all the lyrics are kind of at a level uh super great introduction to what you're going to be hearing on this album uh uh-huh. i think this is like the one of the better introduction tracks that you could you could ask for so i'm going to disagree with there yeah when i when i listened to it i wrote down eases you into the album and it's, it's right. it, it isn't e it, it does ease you in because the next full length song that we get is toad and mm-hmm. this is that driving song, that song that's full of fervor, fervor. It's uh, got a higher tempo, and it wouldn't probably hit so hard if you didn't have this earlier track to ease you into the record, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a, I think it's a, a overall in the grand scheme of the album, yeah, it, it it serves its function and it works, but as a standalone song. Uh, yeah, I think there are better better toe-in songs, personally. Okay, right. I would recommend if someone yeah, wants another toe-in song that does a similar thing, listen mm-hmm. to the more krautrock-orientated song, Shooter. Okay. Even though it's an instrumental track, it's a longer track. It has no lyrics, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, it's instrumental. But it bridges okay. a lot of the musical ideas on the album. And okay. so it'll give you, if, especially if you want to listen to the music, and uh, uh, yeah, want to listen to the music first before getting into the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooter would be a great song to, to to dip your toes in. And then, if not shooter, uh, I would go with Toad. It's probably Toad is probably my favorite track on the album. To be honest with you, I listened to it again just before we started the podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. Uh, I think honestly, there's a lot of tracks. That take if you take it the secret canine agent uh, subplot, and you focus on like the main tracks of the album. Um, I think honestly, you could pick any of these songs and get a good idea of what's happening on this album. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The personality and the tone is evident throughout. So any of the singles, I think, are great. Maybe like the cover of the John Prine songs a little bit uh, left field a bit. It's definitely left field. When I um, first listened to it, I was like, okay, cool intro. It's a sort of tuned down a little bit more, and then all of a sudden, John John Prine starts singing, and I'm. I'm completely weirded out. I'm like, what the hell's going on? All right, right. That one, that one aside, I think a lot of these songs you could really go with. Girls and Boys, I Feel Alive, Creatures, which is the most synth-pop song on the entire album. We haven't Creatures, talked about that. Creatures, yeah. yeah. Creatures sure. is pure synth-pop, I think. They, yeah, that's where they go to 11 on the synth-pop functions. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's super good, super catchy. Like, I don't have a complaint about it. No, I'm I'm glad they did one track that just went really deep on uh, synth pop mm-hmm. and the sort of new wave style. I I wrote down uh, it gives me MGMT vibes. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. It does give me MGMT, especially the the latest album. The uh, I I, ha- I haven't listened to the latest album. I'm ashamed to say. Oh, it's a super good one. You should definitely look into that. A lot of similar ideas on that, uh, but less uh, less of that punk vibe, more mm-hmm. more into the synth pop. What what didn't you like? What are your complaints about the album? My complaints about the album. Okay, uh, when I first listened to it, like the only song I really was, uh, yeah, the first track, mm-hmm. and then the John Prine track because it was just so weird. But I've 
I've yeah sort of warmed up to in spite of ourselves. Okay. Yeah, and like I alluded to earlier, the album has, before you even turn it on, mm-hmm. has the issue of, yeah, having to live in the shadow of the greatness of Street Worms. And mm-hmm. the band's challenge, as is any other band's challenge, I guess, when they have such a strong debut, mm-hmm. is to be able to have their next album not live in the long shadow that the success of their first record casts. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and so when I first listened to the record, I was like, oh God, you know, like I just, I went and listened to Street Worms right after and I right. turned on sports and there was sort of something, something familiar about the zaniness of that track that just, uh, I, I couldn't help but fall in love with again, more mm-hmm. than I had fell, fell in love with any individual track uh-huh. on, on, uh, yeah, on welfare jazz. So would you but, say that it lived up to, uh, to street I, uh yeah i i would say it definitely does and it's actually more a more complex album than street worms the band <laughs> i've really sort of in the in the matter of one album uh had showed their maturity showed growth you know that to make this concept album whereas their previous album is just sort of like yeah sort of like a ween record it's really zany <laughs> all over the place just right. toilet humor lots of yeah, stupid jokes, but musically super complex and fun to listen to. Right. So the mm-hmm. idea I had listening to this album might surprise you is I came to a dilemma. Can I give in our second podcast a 10? Yeah. Can, is that, is, is anyone going to take me serious if I walk away and I say that this is a 10 or 10 album? I'm, I'm yeah. on the second, a second podcast. And then I'm like, I can't just give it a nine because I don't want to give it a 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I really love this album. This uh-huh. hit me immediately. Everything connects. Everything was groovy. Everything lingered with me. I had so much fun listening to it. Like, I don't have a complaint about this album. There's not one track you were sort of like, uh, like, for instance, let me ask you this question. Sure. Um, upon repeated listens, which track do you think would be the one that you would be comp- you would feel you would skip first, or you would yeah you would skip of all the of all the album of all the songs? Sorry, maybe maybe six shooter. Shooter, yeah, M- maybe because um, it is what, the longest. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't have the lyrics, you know, to add that um, some of that personality to it. The humor. Like, I I like Six Shooter. Uh-huh. There's like a lot to like. This is a good break in the middle of the album. Like I can find more things to compliment this album, uh, that track about, than uh, the opposite. Yeah, right? I, I, me saying to skip the track, I could easily go from start to end in this track several times over on this whole album. Mm-hmm, easily, mm-hmm. it would with no, and I have since listening to this, where I didn't want to skip anything. There's nothing that stood out to skip. I enjoyed the interludes. They're either t- too short to really want to, to skip, like 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. Or, and they're also just like interesting. They're just like super out there and zany interludes that like are super engaging to listen to. I And maybe after so many listens, those become skippable, you know, after the, the effect kind of wears off and maybe you skip Secret okay. Canine Agent. Well, they're so well integrated into the album and bridging right. one track to the other that I hardly even, I hardly even noticed them. 
I hardly notice that I'm in an interlude when I'm listening when I'm listening right. to them. Yeah. A lot of times, like the only way I knew I was in an interlude really was I was following along with the lyrics and like mm -hmm. and, and visually like where am I in the the album, keeping an eye on the pace and stuff. Uh, that's the only way I really would have known I was in interlude for some of these. Like they could have just been like starts uh, of other songs, you know, or ends of songs that you you'll see those. Um, I enjoyed the pace. Uh, it's not that long of an album. We got 40 minutes, I think. Uh, 13 songs. Most like three of those are interludes, I think. So you got 10 songs. It's concise. There's a few longer songs. Like, in spite of ourselves, are only really kind of long because it ends with like this minute long, like solid wall of noise and sounds, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that it's just like not in the original song, but it's like it kind of like plays the album out. There's a repetition that takes place uh, at the end of that track that is sort of, yeah, just marks the end of, of the record and fades out. But um, I would, just to answer my, the question I posed to you, which track would I, would I skip? It would either be the intro track or um, I Feel Free. I Feel Free, okay. Well, I Feel reason, Alive. I Feel Alive, sorry. Um, yeah, I have the title written down in German, and so, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, and for the, the reason I would skip it is for the reason, the, what you were just describing about the John Prine cover. It's uh, one of the longer songs on the album, and is, musically, I would say, maybe one of the less complex Sure. Song. It, it, it is more of a, a jubilation kind of track. Uh, it's sort of like a pool hall song, you know? Right. Uh, so after discussing this album, I'm curious, who would you recommend this album to? Uh, I mean, anyone who likes hard rock, who likes punk, who likes post-punk. If you like singer-songwriter music, like if you like John Prine, Bob Dylan, Outlaw Country, um, Waylon Jennings, this mm -hmm. album is for you, man. I think yeah. a lot of people would like this record. A, lo a lot uh, of people would like this record. I'm a little arrogant because I love this record. I feel yeah. like a lot of people would like this record. It, it's just so catchy and poppy in, in the right ways that I think it's going to catch – it will catch a lot of people. It's an easy, easy listen. There's not a lot of barriers here. Maybe the personality is a barrier if you're not really into that kind of that like feeling in your music. Uh, that might be a barrier, but I I think a lot of people should give this give this a shot. I think you'll you'll definitely come around uh, and join this. If you uh, if you're a fan of MGMT's last album, uh, I think if you're a fan of Queens of Stone Age, uh, this could yeah. be a, a good transition. You know, if you if you already know you like those uh, idols for sure. To use a contemporary example, mm -hmm. I would say the, these two guys, uh, these two bands. Mm -hmm. Are definitely on the frontier of yeah post punk contemporary post punk music. Idols and uh, Viagra Boys. Yeah, uh, I also think uh, uh, there's another there's an Australian band, uh, Tropical F Storm that is uh, is pretty good as well. I think uh, they're all kind of this conglomerate of a uh, this new age uh, post punk that I really enjoy. Yeah, tropical. Yeah, tropical. F storm. Yeah, their uh, their music is. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind, honestly. As well, yeah. that, their Spotify bio says uh, something like, uh, "Yeah, we don't make boring music," <laughs> and perhaps in, perhaps in a little bit more of a crass way, since that's 
kind of their style. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty, yeah. Um, any any kind of closing thoughts you want to put about this? Like, do you have a, a number associated with this? Do you, do you uh, have a score? I definitely, I definitely have a number associated with it. But before I reveal my score, uh, I want to mention the vocals on the album because sure. the, there's a uh, a pretty pretty incredible vocal performance from the vocalist. I'm sh- I should have looked up his name never beforehand. But if you are a fan of... I'll draw specific uh, comparisons to other bands and specific songs. Um, if you like The Changeling, late-era L.A. Woman Doors, the track Girls and Boys channels this version of Jim Morrison incredibly with a lot of these uh, sort of drunken and uh, invigorating oohs and ahs. And Mm -hmm. even the track I Feel Alive reminded me of L.A. Woman a bit because on that record, L.A. Woman, uh, Jim Morrison actually sang, sang from, from from the bathroom, and that's why his vocals sound a little <laughs> bit distant and echoey. And that's on that, on, on on I Feel Alive, it has that sort of pool hall feel as well, and it sounds like he's singing from the bathroom, like away from the band somewhere, you know. Right. There's a and, there's uh, kind of a, an ambience on all these tracks, uh, either on the vocals or otherwise, that is kind of scuzzy and uh, dirty, that I think comes out in the vocals a lot in, in those tracks. Girls and boys would be the best example, in my opinion, of the scuzzy of the scuzziness. If you like, uh, if you like the depravity on the record, girls and boys is great because the <laughs> the lyrics actually sort of disintegrate into just garbled. Yeah, not, the the speech disintegrates essentially at some points, and it sounds just like somebody who's totally wasted trying to string together a sentence. And uh, yeah, they come a they're inarticulate. It's, yeah, it's this, great. This uh. This album is uh, the drunk at the party. That's uh, the life of the party. Um, yeah, and so but, but that you but that you can also see has a has has a has a deep pain inside, mm-hmm. and a heart of gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what what had you ultimately in the end? Where is this 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 uh, album ranking for you? In the end, it's because, like I alluded to, there are maybe one or two tracks that I would skip after repeated listens maybe. Mm-hmm. So I I can't give it a 10. Okay. For that reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm definitely between this this uh, this area between 8 and 9 and mm-hmm. for me I think it it ascends to the 9 realm because <laughs> of it, it, because it's because of what they achieve artistically, being able to walk this thin line between pastiche, parody, and innovation, and they honor, you know, this singer-songwriter t- tradition, this outlaw country tradition, mm-hmm. while at the same time, they, they make fun of it. They don't, they don't lose their sense of humor either, which mm-hmm. was part of what championed the first record, mm-hmm. and uh, I, that's incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, musically and lyrically, the yeah, the album is just uh, exceptional. So yeah, a nod for me. Uh, for me, it's it's it comes down to what what do I want my tens to represent? Mm-hmm. Um, is this album groundbreaking? Maybe not. You know, maybe this isn't you know 
uh, a cornerstone uh, transition music. You know, uh, this album didn't make me cry. I don't. I don't know if this album is going to like destroy barriers and knock down doors and be a grand uh, statement. But at the same time, this is this is fun beginning to end. There, there's just so catchy, uh, vibrant, so much personality. Uh, the performances are great. So much uh, diversity and variety. Um, it's hard to get bored listening to this. And in terms of like wanting a perfect album to just sit down and listen to and like use in a, in like a uh, a day to day, it might not challenge you in like preposterous ways and like really like make you sit and think like something like a brass would, right? Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's not that like intellectual challenge with this this album really um, not necessarily not I, I think necessarily. i think it can be deceptively smarter than it comes off at, but Absolutely. yeah it, it's not really heady for instance yeah. no but i don't think that that is what i want my 10 to be i want my 10 to be this is just a universal fun album it is what it is it is set out and accomplished in flying colors everything it, it needed to do I think this is just as good as, if not better than, Street Worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was several ways. Both are great albums. You know, uh, I'm super excited about a third album and a fourth album. And I want to see how long they can keep the sh- this streak going. This is like uh-huh. a nine and a half to a ten for me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm only skeptical of like leaving room to like, you know, grow. What you know, I don't know. Maybe there's. I just haven't heard the ten. You know. I haven't heard it, so I don't have context for it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, but I want people to know that I am super behind this album. I love this album. This is a lot of fun. I uh, strongly recommend that you go and listen to this, listen to one of the introductory tracks that we suggest. I think all the singles are great for that purpose. You get a mm-hmm. wide variety amongst them. There's four of them. Uh, in spite of ourselves, Girls and Boys that you talked about is one of them. Creatures is one of them. And uh, Ain't Nice is, is the other. Um, all or great. Code from my perspective, but yeah. I, I just mean those are the singles that have come okay, out. Yeah, album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, I think, encompass a lot of the album. Like, if you just go watch yeah. the videos, I think there's like some really cute videos, especially for Ain't Nice, is a great video I watched. And watch okay. all the other ones. But there's like a narrative going on. It's, it's pretty cute. It's nice. It's a great sales tactic. But like, I don't know. I just had so much fun with this. I'll probably return to this. This is probably. You know, it's hard to say this in like halfway through uh, January. So we'll see if I uh, 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 turn around on this. But this is probably going to be on my end, end, end of the year list of like top, top al- albums. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was just such a strong outing. And it's one of those records that, like you said, uh, like a brass record, sort of this more intellectually orientated record. It can sometimes suck the fun out of the music. Mm-hmm. And this album is just so fun to listen to, man. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it makes me happy to, to be a music fan. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's episode two in the books. I am excited to uh, uh, to post this one because, you know, uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, we got a few other things I got to set up. Uh, we got an RSS feed. We will have a website with uh, in which embeds these that we'll be posting. So this. Uh, some stuff I'm uh, excited about coming up. It might be a post as long with this uh, episode. So you might already know this by reading the uh, the episode. But with that at the end, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, so I'll see you next week.
Okay, yeah, see you next week, and hopefully uh, we can keep a good streak of records going. Yeah, well, I we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of the options, and I'm not excited. Um, uh, all right, well, I'll see you next week. We'll see what we're going to review then. Okay, cheers, everybody, and uh, check out Welfare Jazz. You won't check be disappointed.